Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey everybody, welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. I'm really excited today because we have an actor that has recently joined uh, Ignite Artists, where I'm an agent, as well as Teen Wealth, Um, and he has a really amazing life story that he wants to share with everyone because there's a lot of life lessons that he has learned and things that he wants to pass on. Um, We talk a lot about the lack of accessibility for people with disabilities in all aspects of life, whether it's walking down the street, going to a restaurant, going shopping, or on movie sets. And so Mark has an amazing story, and he's going to share his story with you. Uh, so please welcome to the show, Mark Stockbrooks. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me, Miss Brandy. <laughs> no problem. It's very exciting. I love your story. You've you've done some incredible things in your life and, and are continuing to do some incredible things. So do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about you and what your, what your life is all about? <laughs> sure, yeah. I was uh, born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I think it snowed in May one year, and my dad uh, said, that's it, that's enough. So we all jumped in the car and drove to his brother's place in Surrey. And so I moved to BC when I was 10 months old. So basically, I'm a British Columbian, I suppose. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I grew up here, played lots of sports when I was younger, uh, anything I could. My, my brother was involved with basketball and hockey, so I kind of delved into those sports as well. Um, snowboarding, basketball, skateboarding, surfing. I, I surfed abroad quite a bit. Um, played rugby, basketball, tennis, golf, whatever you could do to move your body. I basically was into it. I was pretty active as a younger person. I still am, but in a different capacity. And uh, I traveled quite a bit when I was younger. I lived abroad. Um, I still travel and uh, Started and fund my own nonprofit organization, which um, deals with accessibility awareness. It's essentially just purely an awareness campaign that I, ha- I felt the uh, the need to fill that gap in the nonprofit world because we just more voices and louder voices, the better in terms of spreading the word about wheelchair access and raising that profile. So, when did accessibility become a big part of your life? I had returned home from teaching in Japan for seven years. I lived in Sapporo and Tokyo. Um, I came home and I I found an opportunity with Métis Nation of British Columbia. They had a firefighter training program and uh, I sort of have the stature of uh, a firefighter. I'm six foot four and uh, like I said, I was very involved in athletics. So I always maintained some level of fitness. Um, and so I found this opportunity and, uh, I, I completed training and the chief training officer invited me to his hall in Alberta, which I was pretty excited about my uncle's a firefighter in Winnipeg. Um, then about two weeks after decided to come home at the age of 30, it was uh, a matter of, should I stay here forever or go home where my friends and family are? And I chose friends and family because that's sort of, uh, where I began and where I love everybody. So I came home. <clears throat> I found an opportunity with Métis Nation BC to uh, enter a firefighter training program because I sort of fit that stature and I've always been an athletic fit person. And um, so I, I completed that to the uh, satisfaction of my chief training officer. He invited me to work at his hall in Alberta which, uh, you know, I would have preferred to stay here, but he said, just go there for a couple of years. You can post back into BC. So I went for it. But two weeks after completing this program, I had a pretty massive uh, congenital brain bleed from a birth defect that uh, was just kind of waiting to present itself. Um, So so that happened. And uh, very fortunately, I survived probably owing to the fitness factor of having completed firefighter training. Uh, That was a pretty big uh, life change, of course. And uh, I've been uh, taking steps to deal with that ever since. 
it's an ongoing thing. And how did it first affect your body? Like what, what immediately happened? Because I know a lot of our viewers are, are teenagers and they're not really sure what all that means. So can you just kind of explain what you went through at least for the first year or two after? Yeah, sure. Um, so it, it was a brain bleed, which is uh, essentially just your brain is bleeding inside of your skull. So that went on for 15 hours, unfortunately, until I could have an emergency craniotomy whereby they open your skull to somewhat tie off and quell the bleeding, uh, which was far too long and it caused some irreparable damage, which presents itself. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been diagnosed as triplegic, which is kind of unusual. I've, I've never met another triplegic. Usually it presents itself. Many people have heard of paraplegic or quadriplegic. Para means two, quad means four, tri means three. So my left arm and both legs are paralyzed. I have no motor control over those. So, um, yeah, I live my life with one right arm. And uh, that's pretty interesting because it causes a lot of barriers that I need to overcome. And I design my life around one arm. But I get quite a lot done, actually. Um, So, Mark... Tell me, were you left-handed or right-handed before all of this? I was right-handed, so that's one uh, that's one positive I could take away. A little silver lining right there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, gee whiz, if, if you're left with something, might as well be your dominant hand, so that's cool. <laughs> and, and obviously, I retained my speech, and I, I've seen firsthand, because I've spent years in rehab facilities and hospitals, I've spent a lot of time, so I've seen other people who haven't been as fortunate as I am <clears throat> who, who do have speech disorders and that's a big barrier to overcome if you can't speak and express yourself vocally and verbally. So, I mean, and also I've retained cognition with my brain. I, I, I have memory problems, but I'll, I'll take that. That's, I can deal with that through other assistive tech. Um, yeah, life's interesting. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. I mean, especially for someone that was so active and everything uh, before all of this. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Is that, yeah. I, and, and I have, so so tell everyone a little bit about your nonprofit that you created because it's it's such an incredible idea and everyone that's listening needs to go and follow uh, at least your Instagram and so they can kind of start to follow the progress because you've made such great progress already. I found out about access stickers and I just, I think it's such a great idea and it's such a simple thing that all of us can contribute to in the community to make people more aware. It's just such a great thing about awareness, first of all. So, so can you tell everyone a little bit about where that came from? Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you like it. It's uh, because it, it takes a lot of time to go into each establishment and discuss with managers and bosses and owners about accessibility and how it benefits not not just being the right thing to do, but um, it benefits their bottom line as well. Because mm-hmm. I know for a fact that I go out with pretty large groups of friends and family, and if if I can't get in there, then we just we we can't go. So we'll find a place that is accessible, and then we'll repeatedly go to these places because they're more inclusive and mm-hmm. welcoming for people with different limitations. Mm-hmm. So I developed two very basic images one is called access hero and it shows uh, it's it's not the uh, typical uh, 90 degree angle stick man or stick woman it's a more forward leaning engaged giving a sense of movement forward um, that's for places that have exceptional accessibility like widened doorways and I especially key on push to open buttons. Um, and I have another one called Access Zero, which is, uh, it's not the most well-received or, or popular, but it, it actually makes the most change. It's, uh, it's a person in a red wheelchair falling backwards uh, just to show that maybe it's not the safest or easiest place to get into. And a lot, a lot of people aren't too happy with me, but... In all honesty, that's the one that opens the most eyes because it's just telling the hard truth that uh, people can't get in. And uh, I explain to people, they get mad, but I have to tell them, you know, if you open your doors to more people, 
we're going to go in and spend more money. It matters for your bottom line. It's uh, unfortunate, but it does always come down to talking about how it's good for business. Mm-hmm, for and money. Not, and it's also just the right thing to do as a corporate citizen. You know, if you're a business owner, that'll go further than you think to be mm-hmm. inclusive and more compassionate to your, your community. And uh, that seems to work as well. Uh, Absolutely. You have, a, you have a great video that you shared with me, and, and I shared it on social media as well. Uh, it was something that I didn't even think of. I mean, it was just really... It was great. It was a, this, can you tell me a little bit about this film about opening doors? Because I, I had never thought about everything that was talked about in this before, and it just really opened my eyes. And I, and I feel like I'm a person that's pretty fairly aware of most yeah. things, but uh, it, there were okay. things that just hit me, and I was like, wow, everyone right. has to watch this. Yeah, I, I, wor- I worked with a nonprofit called uh, Technology for Independent Living, and we had a door opener program. So a lot of people in wheelchairs can't open a door, something simple as that, by themselves because uh, of a variety of reasons. But the main one is these hydraulic door closers that they're so strong, you can open the door maybe a few inches and then it closes on you. So in my apartment in Yelltown, I lived there a few years ago, uh, I, I wasn't able to get in or out of my apartment because of such a thing. So I was granted a door opener from Technology for Independent Living. And so that allowed me to access my community at will. I didn't have to wait for someone to help me open the door. And I've transferred that to my new place here in Kitsilano. So it's, uh, and I know several people that it really helps. Um, something that simple, just being able to come and go without uh, the struggle of having to open the door. In my case, it's a little more doable because I have a power chair. Uh, but still, it's tough because I can only operate it with my right arm. And then to open a door and, and also at the same time operate my chair is difficult. I would think the same goes for people in manual chairs because they use both arms for their pushing their wheels. Mm-hmm. So, so to have an automatic door opener is is a game changer, and, and I really promote door openers. That's uh, I would love to see that standard all throughout society worldwide. That, that's kind of my uh, big picture idea. So, in a city like Vancouver, that. I mean, people consider one of the best in the world to live. We're consistently rated one of the top three cities for the last 20 years, I think. What would you say is the estimated percentage of doors and and places to go into that actually have that button? Oh, uh, well, it's a tough figure to place, but I would think it's hovering at 10% or or less. So imagine somewhere less advanced than Vancouver. Like that's, that's pretty incredible stat. Um, yeah, I mean, we are we are quite decent, um, but there's always more you can do, and we can always be better, not just at door openers, but anything you want to do in life, I would say. Oh, we always strive for better, yeah. So if, if door openers, is, is, is door openers like one of your number one focuses then for accessibility door, right now? Door openers and accessible washrooms, obviously that's a, a very practical thing to consider, Especially if you're going to go to, uh, say, for example, a pub or some nightclub. Mm-hmm. Usually there's a few uh, drinks involved and you have to use the uh, washroom at some point. Mm-hmm. We're all human. So um, if you can't, then that's, uh, that's going to ruin your evening pretty quickly. And, and those who are with you as well. So yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really look at that too, like accessible washrooms, wide enough doorways, uh, if they have stairs, some places have ramps. Mm-hmm. So I like to promote those places. Um, yeah, and uh, that goes far word of mouth as well. Like, because uh, I have quite a group of friends, and everybody talks. Word of mouth is uh, is one of the best ways to spread your message. So I try to start at the grassroots. It's sort of a guerrilla style word of mouth campaign, and uh, it's taken me a few years, but we've seen some pretty big successes too in, sp- in spreading awareness and places have, they have adapted. So it's those victories that keep me motivated and keep me going because it, it helps a lot of people, not just people in wheelchairs. I mean, um, mothers with strollers, for example, uh, the elderly who use mobility aids like walkers or canes, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. 
even um, you know delivery of goods and services. Business is the flow of goods and services. So if you have delivery person uh, with a dolly or something, they can't uh, navigate a door with pulling around some big heavy dolly. So helps them as well, and that increases your flow of goods and helps your bottom line. It just makes good business sense. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm glad you that we're able to talk about this because I think there's some people out there that it gives them more of a frame of reference. We do have to run into commercial break right now, but we will be right back with Mark, everyone. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's brandy with an I at globalteenwealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Team Wealth Radio. We're here with Mark Stockbrooks, a gentleman who recently joined the Ignite Artist, the talent agency that I am an agent with. Um, and he's done some incredible things in his life. If you missed a little bit before uh, before the commercial, I encourage you to go back and listen <laughs> on the recording because uh, his story is very important. And we were just talking about uh, one of his passion projects uh, that he created called Access Stickers. Um, and he was talking about here in Vancouver where he lives. Um, there's probably about 10% of locations that are really accessible for people in wheelchairs or with limited mobility. Um, and so his goal is to help make awareness that a lot of places are not accessible and that it's more dangerous for someone uh, in a wheelchair in certain cases because um, they can't get through a door or can't get out of the way or move around things. So it's great um, that he's doing this and, and making more of us aware because I, I didn't even realize how how few uh, opportunities there were sometimes for for improvement. Um, and, and Mark is a huge fan of traveling, did a lot of traveling before and after um, his big life change. And so I just want to ask you a little bit, Mark, when you, when you were traveling, um, did you notice accessibility was very different in different countries? And was there a country that you went to that it was very accessible um pre or post injury Ooh, did you notice pre-injury because you weren't were you considering that before you know i'll be honest uh, i'm six foot four so i i i didn't uh really key in on that i couldn't see because uh i, I was you know i'm pretty tall so uh, i wouldn't necessarily see or 
or register those kind of things. But yeah. now, now that I'm, you know, closer to the ground, I see things and even just one six inch step or three inch step can, you know, disallow me from entering places. So I really do notice now from this vantage point that there's a lot of obstacles and barriers in our world. Mm-hmm. So, so um, where did you go to pre? Where did uh, you travel to? Yeah, well, I I made it kind of. Uh, I was I was super lucky. I had a cousin who worked for United Airlines, and this was back in the day when they gave out passes a little more freely than they do now. Uh, literally, you could write your own destination on these vouchers. So, so I would work two jobs full time. Uh, you have no time to spend money, so I would just squirrel a lot of it away. And uh, when the time came, I would um, go backpacking through different countries. Um, spent time in Europe. I've been to Europe about four or five times. Uh, different areas. Been to you know France, Spain, Slovakia, Hungary, England, Wales. Um, uh, I could I could go on, but I've, I also my first trip ever I went to uh, Rio de Janeiro. Uh, my family thought I was crazy because it's not um, it's not quite the safety of Disneyland there. <laughs> but How I, old were you at that time? I was nineteen. Oh wow! Yeah. But it was like one of the best trips ever because it was my first independent backpacking trip. And I met lots of cool people. In fact, I'm still Facebook friends with some of them. That's so funny, Mark. The very first place I went when I was 17 was Sao Paulo, Brazil. So (laughs) that was my first adventure. So uh, very interesting. There's 16 million people in Sao Paulo. Oh, yeah. It's a lot (laughs) I know there's more people in the city than there are in all of Canada. I just think it's incredible yeah. when you look at that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the population density, it's a different different form of living for sure. But everyone gets along and is friendly anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I agree. The culture is quite lovely. Oh, yeah. Um, so what what did you learn from, from that? I mean, 19 is a young age to go to a, a, essentially a third world country that has a, a ton of differences from North America. What, what were some of your big takeaways from that adventure? Uh, people, I think, are inherently good everywhere. Uh, I mean, I, I traveled to a lot of developing nations. I find them much more interesting to, you know, get out of our uh, Western paradigm and see how the other people live and how their societies work, mm-hmm. you know. Through Southeast Asia a few times. Um, I've even lived in some some of the more cutting edge nations. Uh, I lived in Japan for about six years. Mm. Uh, saw how they lived, and they 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 have a different way of life as well. I mean, they have a long history, and um, technologically they're way ahead of us. Uh, I can't believe how well their transportation infrastructure works moving that many people they they have uh, about 128 million people in a, I don't know what exact correlation of size would be but it's it's not a fraction of the size of Canada but they all get along they have harmony mm-hmm. um, very very um, progressive in terms of technology they have uh, you know people get upset if the bullet train is like 30 seconds late <laughs> so, uh, yeah for sure. <laughs> I used to work on a train here in Canada, and sometimes we some days we were twelve hours late, so they would hate it. <laughs> yeah, they have uh, an economic army there, that's for sure. But they don't have a, an actual military force. They have what's called self-defense forces now, mm. uh, because of the uh, atomic bombings during World War II. Mm-hmm. They they don't want to enter any sort of conflict. They have what's called self-defense forces. So. In fact, the city I lived up north in Hokkaido, very cold place, awesome snowboarding. Uh, I actually bodyguarded for Sean White one weekend when the Burton team was up filming up north where I was living at the time. Oh, cool. Uh, actually, yeah, and they have a snow festival in Sapporo where they build just these gargantuan snow sculptures. and um, so, so the self-defense forces, it's called J-Tai-Mai, they actually help build these massive snow sculptures so they have a different way of thinking about um, conflict in the world as well so they they're there just to enforce peace within japan and spread the message of 
of having a peaceful, harmony, harmonious relationship with others. That's pretty cool. Um, and so where have you traveled post? Good question. Um, I, I went down to Hawaii with my family, and then we took a cruise back to Vancouver. A nice seven days on a ship. Actually, cruises are really cool because they're mostly accessible because they do sort of cater to uh, an older population who may have more mobility issues than um, than the standard demographic of society. Uh, actually, I went to Africa, went to Tanzania last year with my family, which was amazing. We went, to, went on several game drives and safaris. We went to the Ngorogoro crater and we went to the Serengeti. Uh, we saw a lot of animals, you know, in their in their natural habitat in these protected parks. I, le- I learned some Swahili while I was in Tanzania because I was with my guide. He's from Kenya. We spent a lot of time together in the trucks. So uh, I took that opportunity just to, you know, I bought a phrase book. And uh, when I'm in another country, I, I like to spend time just learning even the most basic of phrases, you know. Please thank you. Where is this? Where is that? How are you? That goes so far. And actually, being in Vancouver, we have a very international group of people here. And still to this day, when I hear people speaking Japanese, I'll introduce myself and tell my story about my time in Japan. I made a point of um, learning the language while I was there because immersion is totally the best. Uh, I got started with language through French immersion in elementary and high school, and I just carried that on with me. I learned that lesson early, and yeah, the more people you can speak with, the smaller the world gets, I think, and we can understand each other through our through our language. That's such a great that's such a great way to put it. I love I love how you phrased that. <laughs> That was lovely. Um, so what? So now post, what, what, what are some places that were more progressive uh, for people with limited mobility and what were some that just almost had nothing? Um, well, I think actually, to be fair, Vancouver, we're trying our best. And in a global perspective, relatively, we are, we're doing really well here. I think it's because of our local um, well-known people such as Rick Hansen, who have really raised the bar for spreading awareness. Um, Steve Fonio, another person locally. Sam Sullivan, our former mayor, he held a pretty lofty position as mayor from a seated position in a wheelchair. So that goes to show that, um, you know, being in a wheelchair doesn't really have limitations except, well, in my case, I can't stand or walk. But to be honest, I don't even see myself as having a disability. I just... I just can't stand or walk and I use a wheelchair to get around. Otherwise, I'm 100%. So you have, I mean, you and I met because you're getting into the acting world now. And we're starting with background and then um, kind of studying how to audition for TV shows and movies and things like that. I, I, in my personal opinion, it is so important that we make things accessible because someone with what I mean, whatever it is, with with any um, limitation that they that they might have, whether it be physical or emotional or whatever, we I think people that struggle with something should be portraying them on TV, so it's not actors faking something. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the opportunities are shut down. So so how do you think we could help that in this industry? I agree. It's important to have an accurate representation of the entire cross section of society. Um, whatever your presentation may be. Um, A way to increase awareness for that, I think, is by doing and demonstrating. Uh, Not everybody can see the potential of someone just by listening or hearing. To actually be out there and demonstrating to people is the best way to show and prove that uh, people of all abilities can bring different strengths and contribute I think the key word is contribute. Everybody wants to not only be a part of something, but feel like they're chipping in. I know certainly I do. I want to have a hand in building something or joining a group, improving society, just bringing a positive element, no matter what your situation is. I think that's very important. We can, we can all contribute somehow, some way. 
Absolutely. So for the average person living in Vancouver, what could they do to contribute on a daily basis? Um, I think, uh, well, what I do certainly is I'll, I'll test push to open buttons everywhere I go. Uh, a lot of them don't work. You'd be surprised. So many don't work. And then I, I have to go inside and speak to the manager, owner, boss, whoever. And that takes a lot of time. I'm actually working on creating new stickers that just say doesn't work with a sign of a wheelchair and a stroller. Uh, and that'll, that'll save me a lot of time. It'll get the point across. Maybe someone else will notice. And then they can go in and discuss. Make it. I'm trying to make it so that it's 100% not okay to not be accessible to everybody. And do you have stickers in between? Because you have the not accessible and the really accessible. Do you have like a yellow one in the middle that's slightly accessible but still not really safe? Or do you just want it to be a hard line of this works and this doesn't? I don't have anything in between actually. I, I don't... I don't know how I would approach that because that might confuse people. It's confusing enough as it is. I mean, it needs to start at the education level, uh, say, for, for example, architecture schools and building schools with builders because as it is now, the blueprints miss a lot of opportunities to create access. And then it's up to the builder on site. It's up to their discretion to think what is accessible when it's hard to say if you don't have the lived experience. Um, so I, I would start with at the education level. And how can people get a hold of your stickers in order to start posting them? Or how do you select who works with you on, on this? I'm actually purely independent right now, and I have been for a few years. I've given lots of um, presentations uh, trying to recruit for this for this cause, but it's difficult given the demographic that I'm representing. A lot of people do have communication issues, speech disorders, and, and in general, just being ill, they lack the energy required to do this. So I, I do it. And I, I don't, um, I just fund it myself because there's nothing like doing it yourself. You have, I have full creative control and the fact is that I get results because I'm not uh, bound by public funding. I can, I can be a little more assertive than your garden variety nonprofits, uh, yeah. which is really helpful. You can be assertive. You have to be assertive because um, some people need that. They, mm -hmm. it's, e it's easy because I'm sure in the past, other people with disabilities have approached them and it's easy to uh, ignore and, Oftentimes, people will just go away because because of lack of energy. And, and I know navigating our health system is a, a full-time job for me. Actually, I was at two hospitals today. And uh, that takes a lot of time and effort and energy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my stroke happened at a relatively young age, which is um, a bummer. But uh, like I said, I'm left with a lot. And, and I'm young enough to still battle for for accessibility and just raising awareness mm. for, for rights to access and inclusion. Absolutely. Um, so if everyone's listening could go follow uh, Instagram to support access stickers, I think Mark and I would be very grateful. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's on Instagram. It's access stickers, A C C E S S S T I C K E R S. And that'll be in the bio that comes up with the recording of the show. So you can always uh, find it there. And I'm sure over the next year, while you, Mark works on sets, we'll be able to um, make movie sets more accessible for everyone as well. We're just going to go to a commercial break um, and then we will be back with the rest of Mark's story. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are tuned in to teen wealth radio to join in the conversation send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com that's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Team Wealth Radio. So we're here with Mark, um, and we're talking all about accessibility and, and some of the journey that he's been on. I spelt his Instagram uh, tag wrong earlier. I clearly can't spell stickers at the age of 34, so we're going to try that again. And he is on Facebook under the same name, so it's Access Stickers, A C C E S S. S-T-I-C-K-E-R-S. <laughs> I think I got it right this time, eh, Mark? A-C-C-E-S-S-S-T-E-R-S. Oh, okay. Very close. Sorry. Very close. Okay, so it's not spelt the way stickers is spelled. Okay, got it. That's why I was <laughs> messing that up there. We will have it in the bio afterwards as well uh, for people to click on. Um, so and There's also a Facebook page. It's just simply access stickers that's spelled a-C-C-E-S-S-S-T-I-C-K-E-R-S. Sounds good. I must be following the wrong one then because the, the Instagram I'm following is S-T-I-C-K-E-R-S. <laughs> you, there, maybe there's a couple out there, stickers. Awesome. Okay, cool. So not only are you creating these stickers, but you're also inventing ways to help people. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, so you're an inventor too. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, necessity is the mother of invention, as the idiom says. And there's a lot of hurdles to overcome with being triplegic, and just being in a wheelchair. That that encompasses a lot of conditions. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with a few other nonprofits, namely um, the Neil Squire Society. They help people with assistive tech to overcome whatever obstacles. Uh, I've been in a few design fairs with them. I also work with the Tetra Society. They're, a, they're an army of, a lot of them are ex-engineers and designers who help with creating. Uh, a client will come with the idea and they'll help with the practical application. Uh, something, I'll give an example with Tetra. Um, People in wheelchairs are obviously lower in stature, so if you're rolling around at night, uh, you're not super visible to vehicles. Actually, a friend of mine, he got struck by a car because it was dark, and you know you can't really see that well at night. And uh, so we developed these things called Tetra lights, and it's uh, an LED with a, an aerial so that you can be seen. It actually is very powerful, so it the light refracts off of anything that's shiny around you. So like speed signs, license plates, and, and, and it cycles through different colors. So it's uh, quite visible uh, and that's a safety issue as well. So we've, we want to stay safe because, you know, a lot of us are already have some compromised issues and we don't need to complicate any further. 
Um, I've developed a, 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 I've worked with BCIT engineering team of students. We, it took about eight months, but we made this uh, one-armed gaming controller for people who are hemiplegic or just have the use of one arm or maybe one strong arm. And that works on all platforms. It's, uh, it's quite, quite intense, actually. Um, uh, I'm not a gamer, but uh, it would allow me to... I've tested it and trialed it, and it does work, so that's cool. Um, also, another thing I've found is that just I, I pretty much consider my wheelchair a vehicle. It's like my car, and uh, most cars have uh, you know, a horn, some kind of alert to honk at people. And my deal is when I'm, when I'm behind people, and I need to get by. I, I don't. I don't want to shout because they're way taller than I am, and I don't want to have to. It sounds like I'm yelling at them. So I, I want to just. I devised a different horn, essentially, that uh, I can program it with any MP3 to, and any any sound it doesn't have to be just a beep beep. It can be anything. So and it's transferable between different types of wheelchairs because it's essentially just a. A button with a speaker and an MP3 interface. That's pretty neat. Um, yeah, being transferable because every wheelchair is different. Um, so that's that's an important feature of it is that you can move it through different types of wheelchairs because everyone is has different sizes and different capability of their arms. So yeah. it's it's important to be universal in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So in five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what other inventions would you like to see created or would you consider creating yourself that might help people? I've actually uh, had a little dabble with the exoskeleton technology that's coming down the pike. Uh, that That is, if people don't know, it's uh, it's basically... Like like Iron Man, it's uh, an exo. It's a skeleton, but it's uh, on the outside of your body. It, it's used in military applications. It'll eventually trickle down to us in uh, civilian life. So I keep a close tab on that, and I've worked with a few people developing those. It's uh, it's a very um, it's like futuristic. It's pretty cool. It's interesting. Uh, another thing I'm interested in is uh, stem cell. Um, I have a lot of friends with SCI, which means spinal cord injuries, and and they're better candidates for stem cell research than I am. I have a brain injury, so it's uh, a little more complex, and I'm hoping somewhere down the line that uh, we will be able to solve the issue of paralysis due to stroke. And, mm-hmm traumatic brain injury, any sort of, any sort of uh, condition where your upper motor neurons are affected and you can't move your muscles. The signal just doesn't reach. So I keep an eye on that as well. Absolutely. Um, so other than focusing on helping improve the world, what is some fun hobbies that you love to participate in every day? Oh, gee whiz, there's a lot. I, <laughs> Honestly, I go to a lot of concerts. I see a lot of live theater, comedy, love comedy. Sometimes I'll jump in at open mics and tell a couple of jokes, get some groans, get some giggles, get some cheers and jeers. Uh, mm. I, I, I go sailing in the summer out of Jericho Sailing Club. They have uh, the DSA, which is the Disabled Sailing Association. They're kind of under the umbrella of the Disability Foundation, who also run DIGA, which is Disabled Independent Gardeners Association. I do a lot of gardening in the summer. I have asparagus patches. Uh, actually, I grow indoors year-round under hydroponic lights. And um, so I'm pretty busy with a lot of activities. I, I play harmonica. The odd time I'll go busking down at the cruise ship terminal in the summer. You get to meet lots of people and hang out in the sun. It's, uh, you know, music's always fun. So I do that. I still travel. Actually, in in May, I'll be going on a cruise for my mom's birthday. Um, and I'll be going to the Okanagan. There's an accessible camping place. I used to camp a ton. 
like uh, anything from you know tent trailer to tenting to hike in camping, and this place is 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 pretty premium. It's got uh, it's got like patient lifts in all of these uh, cabins. They have paved trails around a lake. They have like a floating dock where you can go fishing, and that's pretty cool. I pump their tires quite a bit because it's such a unique place, and I like to see more of that. So I try to spread the word of mouth, which is totally the best way to go. It's just to get people talking. People talking, that goes far. So anyone out there, I encourage you to, in your local communities, um, check your push to open buttons and uh, encourage your local businesses to become accessible because it's it's just it's good for business it's the right thing to do and we need to open that discussion further make it make it the the norm and not the exception to have pushed open buttons and accessible washrooms everywhere as many places as possible that's uh, that's the message i'd like to put forth and do you do any public speaking? I, I know you mentioned that to me before. Do you what what kind of organizations do you speak with? <clears throat> I work uh, I work with uh, Technology for Independent Living, and I do fundraising with Spinal Cord Injury BC. Um, I, I give talks regarding accessibility and just telling my story. I have a lot of fundraisers, and I work with local nonprofits just to spread awareness and demonstrate. Um, people with disabilities, you know, you can't judge just by the visual. You got to get to know people, and uh, maybe initially people might just see my huge wheelchair and have a lot of questions. So I, I like to stop and talk with people and maybe give them a different impression of what their initial visual thoughts are. Mm. At the very beginning of the show, you said that you believe that everyone, well, when we were talking about traveling a little bit, that, that people are inherently good and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that when they see someone that's a little bit different than them, they get nervous and they maybe don't acknowledge or they over acknowledge uh, right. the person. And everyone, I always, I remember being in high school and just, I, w- I really wanted to approach this girl, but I was so insecure in myself. Um, and I knew that she was a little bit different than me. And I, that I just, I would like literally sometimes just ignore her or walk past because I was so afraid to say the wrong thing or do the yeah. wrong thing. Right. Could you tell the world <laughs> what your opinion is on that? Um, sure. A little education yeah. there. It's, it's the fear of unknown and it's understandable right or wrong, but just something as simple as saying, you know, Hey, how you doing? That's, I mean, I do that with everyone I meet, able-bodied or not anyway, so just treat them as anybody else, because they are, they're just the same, just uh, different circumstances, yeah, just say, hey, hey what's up, how you doing, yeah, it's that simple, you know, you mm-hmm. can make someone's day, you don't even know it. Can you overdo it, though? I, I, I know some people, I, I have I have friends that have certain limitations, and um, and sometimes they find that people will, even if they don't want help, will overdo it, and they become quite frustrated with that. Do you ever have that experience? Um, uh, with my brother, I do sometimes, and that's just for a practical reason. Like he'll, 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 he'll alert people that I'm coming. But in fact, sometimes it's easier just to roll by undetected. Well, Mark, once we make you famous, you'll just, people will just be like, maybe your brother will be shouting, hey, get his signature. Here he comes. <laughs> you never know, right? <laughs> Maldives right now, and he spent time in Sri Lanka and India. He's, uh, he lives a good life of travel. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's having fun. He, he means well. That's the thing, too, right, is that everybody means the best. So I can't, you can't fault them for that. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind. I, I accept help. You know, yeah. I, I, everybody needs some help sometime. Absolutely. So, so I, I really, I mean, I think access stickers is so great because it just smacks it in your face and reminds you of things. Um, I like in 10 years from now, would you consider putting it all over the world and saying, Hey, you can, you can get a thousand stickers for this donation and then people can start putting it all over the world so you can help more people faster. Yeah, that would be the, uh, that's the dream for sure. I mean, I, I've, I've sent stickers all over the place. People follow me through these social media and they ask me where they can get stickers. Actually, I don't even have them for sale. I just, I make them and I, I give some away. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's not a money making venture at all. But I guess I should consider opening it up just to have a wider wider net to cast. Mm. Um, I, I don't have any for sale per se. Yeah. For sure, but for donation maybe would be cool because then, like, I mean, I know I would donate a bunch to get a bunch of stickers just so that I could make it more accessible for my friends. So. Well, yeah, maybe I should consider that a little further. We could well, and. And I mean, what was the first background gig that you did? What was the famous actress on there? Who was uh, she? Heather Graham was there. That was cool. Now imagine if Heather had a thousand of your stickers and was putting all over the place and tweeted about it. We could literally make big cities all over the world through celebrities who have big hearts accessible was, for everyone. That was kind of my vision was I thought it was a good idea. And everybody, everybody I've talked to about is on board. Um, it it is a matter of word of mouth and getting the word out. I'm just one guy, but I'm, like I said, I've tried to give a lot of give a lot of presentations to recruit. Yeah, uh, we need to cast a wider net, and word of mouth is great. Thanks for having me on, Brandy. This is a great way to promote and spread awareness. That's what this is all about. Anytime, and you have a, a an agent uh, that will try and kick butt to get you on as many shows and as famous as quickly as possible so that we can make those stickers everywhere. So thank you, Mark, for coming on the show, guys. Go follow Access Stickers on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, let's make the world more accessible for everyone, including in film. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a treat, Brandy. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you same time, same place next week, everyone, live at 5 p.m. Mondays, Teen Wealth Radio. Have a good week. <laughs> for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. 